Soundstripe. And welcome to the fifth episode of Front Page Fantasy. I'm honestly low-key surprised I'm actually saying that. Today, I am joined by a couple new guests, which is probably quite refreshing. You know, you guys have probably just been sick of Cody and Jack coming on every week. So, you know what? I decided to freshen up this week and we've got two brand new guests. The first one I'm going to introduce today might be familiar to some of the Front Page Football listeners. I've got Caden Foley. How are you doing today, Caden? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good, but uh, flat out, I've got you know, going your night round, doing all this stuff in the background, so I am dead. But you know what? You know, I, I love fantasy too much to not put out an episode. And I'm joined nice. by another sort of special guest. We sort of had two in a row this week. Last week we had Joe K, and we have another person here of the sort of the same ilk. Someone you know making some waves on the likes of TikTok, Instagram, this sort of new generation of sort of content creation, which I personally love as a Gen Z. You know, I just love that sort of short, simple content that you know is able to get a lot of reach. Dom Balls Chat, how are you doing today, mate? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me on. Um- Long, as Joe said last time, long time listener of all front, all things front page. So it's good to finally be on. Yeah, it's uh, another one here where I'm, I'm quite proud to sort of make a sort of debut happen here on front page football. You know, it's quite an honor to sort of be that bridge between sort of, I don't know, different parts of the internet. But uh, we'll get straight into it. So, how have you guys sort of found? sort of fantasy, whether it's over you know, the whole season or the last two weeks. Obviously, you guys haven't been on yet, so you can just sort of you know, talk about how you've gone this season. You know. oh, I'll go first. I, I, you know, I haven't been too bad, considering this is my first time actually playing a full fantasy season. But yeah, I, I'm pretty impressed. I think I'm seeing like top 900 or top 1,000, so I'm pretty happy with that. Well, well, I can confirm, I had, I had a look before we went, you are currently topping the three of us at least. You know, yeah. it's probably necessarily not the hardest thing to do. I've, I've probably been a bit <laughs> crap, especially on the men's. But yeah, you've actually done pretty well in our league. Caden, uh, I know you told me, like, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of give the sort of listeners, you know, a warning. I don't think you said you haven't changed your team since round one. Is that correct? No, I haven't. I fell off the bandwagon, but I did some prep for this podcast and- uh, even though I haven't changed since round one, I haven't been doing that bad. I'm in 58th place in the FPF league, so not too far off the pace, and hopefully I can catch up in the rest of the season. It's salvageable, Kane. It's always salvageable, and, and that's what I love about this year because, you know, whether it's you, you know, you're like, okay, I'm getting on this podcast now. I've got to you know, make some changes. For me personally, I'm like, I run a podcast about fantasy. I need to be up to date with it, and even then, I'm currently coming 39th in the league. Look, it, it's not ideal. I'm around mid-table in my own league, which is a bit you know, embarrassing, you know, but oh well, you know, I can sort of improve. I jumped three ranks this week. So, you know, maybe that's sort of a start of something new there. But at least in the, the women's, I've been doing at least a little bit better there. I think I'm coming seventh in our league. And I've sort of had a look at some of you guys. You guys are actually doing pretty well. So, so to be fair, in the dub, at least we're doing all right and we can, you know, continue to pick up there. But yeah, um, I guess we'll sort of get started now on you know just fantasy as a whole this season you know in we'll sort of go position by position like we have the last couple of weeks and to start off in goals it's been quite interesting as i remember in the last episode we sort of had three key players that were sort of you know right at the top of the uh the scoring charts and that was alex polson joe gauchi and lawrence thomas and we sort of i think i asked around i said what do you guys think would be the pick and i think the consensus was alex polson and if you did listen 
you know, you'd probably be laughing to be fair because yeah, he is blown away. He has just been unbelievable. I think we've he's probably been one of the more sort of talked about goalkeepers we've seen in many years because he's just been very sort of unique. Do, do either of you guys have him in your team or at least planning to sort of get him in your team? Uh, no, I don't have Paulson. I went for Joe Giacchi. Um, so who he has not been doing too bad, but Alex Paulson, yeah, like you said, he's having an amazing season. And I think fantasy wise as well, he's been doing really well. I've got I've got Paulson and I've got Hewitt Bell. So wow. yeah. I've I got them in early, you know, whilst they were both one fifty, I think that was, they were at the start of the season. I think I remember listening to the first pod and going, Look, two cheap options, they'll probably both play. Worst comes to worst, I get four points every week. So I don't know why I opted to go for the double up on Western United, like just in case, for example, Hewitt Bell got injured, but I can think about now, yeah, like you could have got Alex Paulson for the exact same price as Matt Sutton. I don't know what I was thinking. I was just, I was stuck in my own ways. I didn't think about it. But but to be fair, I don't think anyone necessarily expected, I think Paulson's a great goalkeeper. No one necessarily expected him to become the best goalkeeper in the league this year. It's been unbelievable. And I think those penalty saves, especially very underrated in terms of fantasy points there, you get a hell of a lot there. So he's blown away. But I guess an interesting opportunity that has potentially arisen through the Asian Cup has mean that Lawrence Thomas and Joe Gauci, two of the best goalkeepers this season, are both out playing with Australia. So you sort of have opportunity for some of the young goalkeepers, you know, as the backups coming through. For Adelaide, that's obviously been James Delianov, who is currently $150,000. Yep. So he is an absolute bargain. Um, that there could be a really, really good pick. Very, very good goalkeeper. Um, pretty unbelievable. He's sort of been a backup his, you know, mm. for m- multiple seasons now. And for Western Sydney, it was particularly interesting as... I personally, you know, I was like, okay, Jack Gibson, you know, he's going to come in there and play the first game. Did well. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm happy with this pick here. Then he goes and does his ACL. And now, essentially, it seems like Daniel Margush is probably going to be that backup. So he could be a good keeper there. So, yeah, are you guys potentially considering some of those? Because, you know, for $155,000, $165,000 for Margush, you know, these are some of the cheaper goalkeepers in the league playing for very good teams. I, I probably won't take out Paulson just because, you know, he's unbelievable. Maybe if I might swap out Hewitt Bell, maybe get Margush or Delianov, just just in case Wellington have like a tricky fixture, I might, you know, bring that in. But I don't know, I'm pretty happy with my keepers. One keeper I actually wanted to bring up is yes. Philip Curto. Yes. Very fairly priced. And I came with stats. I got I got to back up Joe's strong performance here <laughs> last time. So I've come with stats. Uh, he's got a 72% save percentage, and he has the most saves in the league this season. Bang. There we, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. I love this. On, on a debut, coming with some stats, and he was one of the sort of keepers I've noted as one to keep an eye on. $216,000. That mm. seems quite a bargain for a top goalkeeper in a pretty solid defensively uh, MacArthur side. And yeah, and I'll th- I think another one I sort of highlighted here was Cam Cook, $153,000. It seems he has that Perth Glory number one spot locked up for now at least. Obviously, Oli Sale is a very, very good backup to be fair. But for $153,000, obviously, Perth had the best season, but that's their one that could sort of pick up because I think Cam Cook's a really good uh, goalkeeper. But uh, do you have any other sort of tips, Caden, before we move on to the defenders? Yeah, well, I was actually thinking a potential pick is Andrew Redmayne, who starts yeah. in for Sydney. He's dropped, I think, lost $100,000 from his starting price at the start of the season. And now we're seeing Sydney start to regain a bit of form. So I think he could be a good one 
to pick up while he's cheap and potentially you could sell him for a profit later on in the season if you want to make want to make a change. No, that's a good pick there because especially with Redmayne, I think a lot of that price decrease came from that one red card he got. So you probably hope, you, know, you probably want to get another one this season, at least you hope. Um, yeah, so that sort of brought him down in a way. So yeah, that could be a really good investment there. One of the cheapest goalkeepers in the game for, yeah, really solid Sydney side. So another great tip there. So there's a lot of really, really good picks you can make in goals. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily, like, even though Alex Paulson is probably the, the dream player to have right now, Dom, I'm sure he's just sitting back and enjoying life. But for the others that sort of want a goalkeeper to sort of rise in price, quite a few good picks there. But we'll move on to the defense now, and it's really interesting, but I was a little surprised. Tim Payne is actually the uh, highest scoring defender this season, which is quite a surprise. Obviously, he's, you know, a part of a unbelievable defensive uh, Wellington side and I think grabbed a goal earlier this season. But yeah, that was interesting. And then Brian Caltax, another one there. Uh, obviously, Central Coast been picking up a lot of clean sheets recently, so that's a good pick there. But something I really noted was the likes of Marcelo and Jack Clisby. They have both gone down over $100,000. Um, obviously, Western Sydney this season have, you know, all you know, these recent weeks, been a little bit dodgier maybe at the back, but you know, do, do you potentially jump on some of those guys there? You know, they've had those price increases, but, you know, I've, I was looking at some of their sort of, you know, fixtures coming up, you know, they could pick up a couple of clean sheets. I, I probably, I don't know. I've had Clisby in my team pretty much since he scored that goal. Uh, I can't remember who it was against a few. Angles Perth. Yeah. 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 A few, few weeks ago. And, you know, of course, as soon as I transfer him in, he hasn't done much, but, um, if I was to go with a Western Sydney defender, I'd probably go with Aiden Simmons. It looks like he's kind of nailed down that right back spot. I know on the last pod, um, I think it was Cody was talking about Tate Russell nailing mm-hmm. down that right back spot, but Aiden Simmons has come back from injury and he looked like he's really nailed down that spot and he's he can put a ball in, wicked ball into the box. Um, yeah, look, Marcelo's probably an option, but you know the defensive centre-back issues at Western Sydney at the moment, I probably would stay away from him. I think it's always good to pick fullbacks over centre backs in fantasy, as they've got more potential to get those assists and rack up more points. So I think that was a good shout out with Aiden Simmons. Um, I also just want to give a quick shout out to Yanni Mikolau from MacArthur, who I think is have a quite underrated season. He's starting every week and. Over the last three rounds, he's got an average of four points per week, which is not terrible, but I think he's one to look out for. And then another one to look out for is Lucas kelly Heald from uh, Wellington, who is a big left-back. He got an assist, I think, last week. And, yeah, there's another young defender who's only $207,000. So I think he's would be a good bargain option for anyone who's struggling with their balance at the moment. Yeah, well, I especially like that Nicolau pick. He was one I made early on. And even though, yeah, MacArthur maybe had a couple weeks, uh, a couple tough weeks, sorry. But yeah, I think he's a really, really good player. Has Especially with Matt Miller going down, who are someone I want to shout out. Because mm. if he didn't get injured, wow, what a pick. Like, I think I would be jumping on him right now. As he's someone, obviously, you really want those players. The the ones that are listed as a defender, however, they're playing more as like an attacker. You know, they're going to grab those goals and assists, which are worth a lot more as a defender. So, but, but yeah, Nicolau, at least, yeah, he's someone that's sort of nailed down that right back spot. And yeah, I think has you know, proven the ability, for example, get forward and maybe even grab an assist, who knows. 
So, yeah, there's a couple of good picks there. Even another one I like is Ivan Vujica, another one for MacArthur. $155,000 for someone that's, yeah, probably a lock in there at left back. That's a good pick there. I think one that especially could arise thanks to the uh, Asian Cup is Scott Galloway. Obviously, with Aziz Beige moving, um, you know, with the Socceroos, he seems to probably have that sort of left back spot for now. $170,000 for someone starting week in, week out for you know Melbourne City over the next couple of weeks. I think that could be a really, really good investment there. So I, I was looking as well, like the likes of Alex Bonatig, $200,000. He might be the sort of next starting Western Sydney centre-back. So there's a lot of really, really good options there. Uh, but I guess, yeah, do you guys actually have any more picks in the defence before we sort of jog along to the midfield? I got a, I got a couple more. I know Joe mentioned last time about Garuccio and he's still cheap. And look, Wesson look to be picking up a few more goals. And, you know, that could be an option. Both Wesson fullbacks. I know Risden's a bit more expensive, but Garuccio with his attacking output has been pretty good. And Dane Ingham as well, because we've got the double fix double game week fixtures uh starting to come up. And Newcastle play twice, I think next week it is. I think they play Brisbane on the Monday or the Tuesday or whatever after you know, they play them like three times in two weeks, pretty much. So, yeah, I think keep an eye out on those um, those double game weeks as well, just to, you know, boost those extra points up. For me, too, that I was thinking of were one from Newcastle, Thomas Aquilina, who's gets yeah. a bit higher up the pitch, but still uh, down as a defender. And also Johnny Katrumbus from Perth, who I think has been pretty good for a or Perth side. So, yeah, there's just some other two I think are potential good picks. Yeah, well, look at this, man. I'm, I'm, I'm loving the sort of the – there's a lot of picks here to make um, and it's sort of, yeah, which ones to take, which do you take the pun on? And I think especially, yeah, when I go on to that point with Dom in terms of the double game weeks there, especially like unfortunately in the A-League's fantasy, it's not as clearly stated, for example, as the Fantasy Premier League where it clearly says, you know, you have a double game week. It's a little bit more, yeah, I don't know, not as clear. But, for example, this week, I think it was MacArthur and Adelaide have both had double game weeks. So – I was fuming as I was going to captain, I was considering whether Captain Nestory or not, but I wasn't sure if they're going to count it for this week or next week as in the double game week. Unfortunately, it was this week. So I would have definitely enjoyed those extra points, but you know, it's a, it's a learning, learning moment, I guess, but very good point there, Dom, but we'll move along to the midfielders now and leading the pack here is someone that's very interesting in Zach Clough as not only is he the top scoring midfielder in the league. Believe it or not, he is one of the top scoring coaches in A-League's fantasy. I noticed, yeah, I was looking through some of the top scorers. He's currently 22nd ranked. It has been confirmed that he is one of the top scoring coaches, which is such a flex. Like, imagine being, yeah, like not only one of the best scoring players in the game, but like as a coach as well. That is unbelievable. So maybe- Dolly is captaining himself, right? Funnily enough, he is, yes. I've, 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 been I've been keeping up to his console because it's just so fascinating. And yeah, he's consistently, he's backing himself and he scored 23 points uh, in that last round. So no wonder he's doing so well. He's backed him. That's probably why he's had such a you know, rejuvenation this season. He's really stepped it up. He's like, you know what? I, I want to cook on fantasy. All right, let's do it. Let's do it in real life. But that's that's something that's, you know, you probably don't see every day, to be fair. But Alongside him, we've seen the likes of Jay O'Shea, one of the top scorers, and it's even crazy to me. He's one of the top scorers, but he's still gone down nearly $90,000 in price. So he's someone there that's always going to be top scoring, but yeah, seemingly always down in price, which is a bit strange. But then you even have Tolgate Arslan, who's really sort of found his feet in the last couple of weeks. Zinedine Mashash, Clayton Taylor, he's jumped up nearly $200,000. 
What a pick he's been. Um, yeah, guys, do you sort of have you know, maybe one of these top scoring players that's sort of been helping you or carrying you or you're at least looking to bring into your team? Well, I've been looking at Clayton Taylor for sure. I think he's Newcastle's best player of the season. And he's, like you said, if if I did pick him at the start of the season, I would have gotten him really cheap. So now I'm going to try and look to bring him in next week while he's still not super expensive and hopefully he can keep his good form going for the rest of the season because he's such a good player to watch. We spoke about him on the Front Page Football podcast uh, earlier this week and basically everything in Newcastle's attack runs through him at the moment. So I think he's definitely one to look out for. I've had I've had O'Shea in from the start. So obviously Brisbane's performances haven't been, you know, up to scratch in the last, I think it's four weeks now. But O'Shea just somehow manages to get around 10 points most weeks. So, oh, I'm, I'm not complaining too much, but I'm definitely considering, you know, trading him out for maybe a Clayton Taylor or even a Jake Holman. Yeah, I think those two you sort of highlighted there in Taylor and Holman, both of them are listed as midfielders. However, at times, yeah, they play more like a winger at times, which, yeah, naturally you're probably going to get more involved, grab some goals and assists. I think they're always really good players to grab. It's like someone else like that is Jed Drew. He's still listed as a midfielder. Just over two hundred thousand dollars. That's quite a good, you know, sort of price there if he can consistently start as well. And I think I've highlighted a couple others here that have, yeah, maybe had a bit of a fall recently in price in Clay. Well, it's it's actually a lot of MacArthur players, especially mm. like obviously they're poor form, but there's a lot of bargains now. Like you can probably pick up there, Clayton Lewis, just under two hundred thousand dollars. I think he's someone that is a real creative outlet for MacArthur. You know, on set pieces, for example, he's going to naturally grab you some goals and assists. Ulysses Stavala. Just under two hundred fifty thousand dollars. He is, you know, simply one of the best players in the league for me. Uh, obviously, you know, maybe not grabbed as many goals and assists as he would have loved to have this season. But you know, for a play with his quality, he's probably naturally going to pick up more. And then even maybe some players that could potentially jump up in price because they're going to earn, for example, starting spot. Brad Tapp's one I've highlighted here, one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. He might be the sort of next uh, starting midfielder for sorry, Central Coast. Yeah, due to Marco Tullio's exit, he can sort of step in there. Christian Diaharis, $150,000 if they want uh, you know, someone to replace Tullio on the wing. Johnny Yule, $150,000. I don't know how he's that cheap. Um, yeah, do you guys have any more? I, I, like Again, I feel like in every position, to be fair, at the moment, there's just so many. Yeah, one I was thinking of is uh, who's well, listed as a midfielder, but is Giuseppe Bovolina, yeah. another fullback option who gets really high up the pitch with the way Adelaide are playing at the moment with their box midfield. Um, he's been getting really yeah, high up and he got that great assist for in the game against MacArthur. So, yeah, he's one who's been doing really well and he's, he's gained $160,000 in price since the start of the season. So if you picked him up early, you'd be having a great time at the moment. Yeah, same with um Ryan Kiddo as well. He's he's gone the other way. He's lost one hundred and fifty thousand, but yeah, as you said, um, it he's starting to push. They're starting to push up with that box midfield. So that's a good shout with that one, Cade. And and I've got I've got so many cheap midfield options. Uh, like you said, Jake Davila two forty six, averaging seven point four. Like that's that's still a healthy amount of points every week. Eli Adams is a real risky mm. one if you want to. Uh, with Fornaroli out at the moment, he might start picking up a few minutes. It looks like he's going to 
start taking a few more set pieces when he's on the field. So that's that's a good one. And Lapane. Now that's yeah. that's one I've had in since the start. And like he wasn't picking up many minutes or picking up many points at the start. So I had him on the bench. But now it looks like a Rulio Vidmar's kind of put him into the side and he's starting to pick up a fair fair more minutes. So maybe Lapane is a bit of a cheap option as well. One more I had was Ben Old at Wellington. He is uh, $386,000 at the moment, which is a gain of 220000 since the start of the season. And, yeah, Ben Old has been one of Wellington's best players this season. Well, he always looks dangerous when he's on the ball, gets really high up the pitch, and, yeah, has been creating all the chances for them. Yeah, I think especially a lot of good picks there. Like, if you grab Ben Old, like, yeah, right when he was sort of starting to rise, mate, you'd be absolutely laughing. He's been fantastic for sort of Wellington, adding that sort of attacking flair in the midfield. And even, yeah, someone like Lapane potentially could sort of make that sort of similar jump there, you know. Um, obviously, Hamza Saki sort of moving deeper in midfield has allowed, for example, Lapane to sort of get that starting spot as a number eight for for Melbourne City. And yeah, simply if you're playing for Melbourne City as a number eight, you're probably going to pick picking up some points, whether you like it or not. Like, yeah, it's just a matter of you being there ultimately. Uh, yeah, so I think there's a lot of really good picks there. Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm Even I'm probably going to look back after this and sort of maybe note down a couple of those ones there. But now we'll move along to the forward line. And leading the way in terms of just not only the forward line, but the whole game has been Joe Lolly this season, who even though Sydney have obviously picked up a little bit recently, but... You know, obviously haven't been the best this season, but the thing with Joe Lolly, and I think I said it early on this season, I think he was the, I've, 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 I kind of went against myself, I actually dropped him uh, eventually, but he he not only grabs you goals or assists, but he's someone that's surprising in the fact that he grabs a lot of tackles, for example, that will give you a lot of points. He give, completes a lot of crosses, he completes a lot of key passes, and even though they're not goals or assists, they do add up in A-League's fantasy, which I guess is the beauty. And I think the the thing I really like about this game, as it's not just, you know, grabbing goals or assists, there's much more to the game than just that. And Joe Lolly really reflects that. So he's been the top scorer for forwards, um, yeah, which is quite funny. Obviously, he plays more as a winger than you have, you know, he's beating the likes of, you know, Adam Taggart, for example, who's been bagging a lot of goals. So, you know, if it was... Premier League fantasy, target probably would be higher, but I, I personally, I'd say Joe Lully's been the best player, or one of the best players in the league this season. So anyways, enough of just sort of saying how good A-League fantasy is, but I'm looking at here, for example, Angel Torres, $600,000 now, which is unbelievable. You know, earlier in the season, people saying he's the worst player in the league, yada, yada. And now, yeah, he's one of the top scoring players there. Are you guys sort of looking at maybe one of those Premium sort of players, uh, you know, even Costa Barbarusis there, five hundred fifty thousand dollars. He's been scoring a lot. Do you guys maybe take a punt on one of those? Obviously, they're expensive, but when you're sort of getting a lot of bargain plays in other positions, you can sort of ultimately splurge on a big attacker. Yeah, I'm definitely looking at bringing in another premium forward because I've had my three: uh, Fabio Gomez, Jamie McLaren, and Tom Waddingham. Yep. So I'm thinking about. Dropping McLaren as he's having a not great season this year. So if I can somehow make a few moves that get a bit extra cash, I would like to bring in Angel Torres because he's been doing really well this season. I think Joe Wally will be a bit out of my price range, unfortunately, as he's gained $300,000 since the start of the season, which is crazy. But, um, so yeah, I think Angel Torres is one to really consider. I I had Lolly in 
I think for three or four games when Corica was there. And I was like, oh, sack him off. And uh, I have been made to look like an absolute fool because of that. Um, but the player I brought him in for, Nikola Milejusnic, I've been very happy with. I think I only picked him up for like 200K, maybe two, high 200s. And uh, I've been absolutely buzzing with that. With regards to the high expensive forwards, I'm going to try and stay away from like your Torreses and Joe Lollies. But Jamie McLaren, only 360K at the moment, averaging 8.2. I think he's worth a punt, especially with Fornaroli going. He's want he want to catch him in that goal tally. Yeah, I've 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 been very iffy with Jamie McLaren. Obviously, he's had a bit of a disappointing season in ways, which is quite funny. Is even then, you know, he's one of the top scorers in the league. That's just typical Jamie McLaren, to be fair. But I think, yeah, especially him not being selected by the Asian Cup, I sort of had the decision on whether I wanted to sort of drop Joe Lolly or Jamie McLaren. I opted to keep in uh, Jamie McLaren and especially sell Joe Lolly due to the fact I think he was 600k, and I was like. Surely he can't go any more higher, you know. Like, let's sell him wise at the top, and he's gone ahead and jumped even more because Joe Lolly's unbelievable. But yeah, I, I, I think Jay McLaren's one I'm I'm going to stick by for now as simply, you know, he's you know, one of the best players, you know, strikers we've seen in the league for many years. He consistently grabs you goals, but yeah, I, I guess at times it is hard to you know envision the goals because of the way he plays. You know, he's a poacher. You know, he he gets opportunistic goals, so. I think it's a it's it's one interesting one there. As he's already dropped a lot in price, but yeah, three hundred sixty thousand dollars for you know the starting striker of Melbourne City at the end of the day. Um, another one I have with the forwards, Apostolos Stamatolopoulos, three hundred forty six k, averaging nine. Obviously, coming off a week suspension as well, and he's only owned by two percent. I, mm. I feel like I feel like that's very low considering how he's how well he's been doing this season. Yeah, I, I think that's one there. I think because he probably plays for Newcastle, I think people are ultimately a bit hesitant over him. But he's yeah. If uh, at the end of the day, if you're scoring goals consistently in a Newcastle side that hasn't necessarily been creating the most amount of chances, that's just the real show of sort of how good you are as a player. So especially him after coming back from suspension, you know, that's another one there potentially drag his point, you know, his price back a little bit. That could be a really, really good pick. Especially just because they've got that double game week. I think I'm definitely going to consider that, one that there, next yeah. week as well. Um, one that I was thinking of is a Sydney player, Nathan Amanatidis, as Robert Mack has picked up an injury. So I think Amanatidis is the only traditional winger they have as a backup at the moment. And he's only 150,000 and only 0.1% of teams have him at the moment. So I think he could be a sneaky pick to Hopefully, open up a bit of funds if you want to get a different premium pick. And then the second pick I had was Rafael Borges Rodriguez from MacArthur, another young winger who's getting a lot of game time. They seem to see him as a right star for their club, and he's only 187,000. And he's got, over the last three rounds, he's got an average of 8.3 points per game, per round. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, another good, young, cheap pick. Oh, I especially like him with the the injury of Matt Miller. It seems he probably will have that starting spot consistently. And, yeah, he's proven to yeah sort of be able to grab goals and assists. And I have a couple of extra ones here. And a, a bit of a common theme here in terms of young Aussies. Firstly, is Noel Bodic. Obviously, it's been well documented. He struggles this season, maybe in confidence, whatnot. But if John Aloisi continues to start him and maybe he grabs a goal or two to sort of break that luck, 
for $157,000 for attacker that has really proven to be able to grab goals, I think that could be a really, really good investment if you can grab on that one early. If he you know, grabs a goal or two, he's looking a bit better, grab on, get on him straight early, I think he could be good. On the opposite of that, Michael Roos is also 150K. Mm, that could and, be good. And it looks like, uh, well, obviously they started both of them last game. And with Dan Zaki out for looks like a couple of weeks at least, that could be a very cheap pick. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's not on there. Jumping on those teams that maybe have had dodgy starts of the season, but maybe are showing a little bit more promise, creating chances. I think that's a good one there. And even someone like Archie Goodwin, I noticed there, $185,000. He's someone that, yeah, for example, off the bench or even starting potentially could get some chances, especially with uh, Reno Piscopo picking up an injury. Uh, then even Alex Badalato, he's been starting the past couple of weeks, $150,000 for him. It's almost a no-brainer if you know you have the funds for him. Chris Economides, he's someone that's maybe not had the best start of the season, but again, Bruno Fornaroli's out. He's well, he started the first game as the striker, $150,000 for someone that you know was a bloody soccer ruse not too long ago. You know, I think that could be a very good shout there. And uh, even Alu Kual, probably at the slightly higher price, but $230,000 for, yeah, qu- quite a, you know, another poacher, you know, fox in the box. And Central Coast ultimately created a lot of chances. Maybe hasn't scored as many goals as he's been expected to this season, especially if you're looking at big chances missed. But again, he's a really good player and, yeah, could grab some more goals. But uh, do you guys have any final picks before we sort of switch over to the Dubsky? Yeah, I've actually got a bit of breaking news as we're recording this oh, wow. podcast. Um, Andrew Naboo has just been named in the travelling squad for this round. He was, ex- he was expected to be out all season and from a Achilles injury, and he's back after four months, which is ridiculous. And he's currently $290,000, so he could be a p- pick that, Maybe not this week, he probably won't play, but in the, over the next few weeks, I reckon he'll be someone who'll come back into the squad slowly and has the chance to pick up a few points for the early fantasy teams. What a crazy yeah, recovery. Oh, my God. <laughs> that <laughs> like is ridiculous. Half, half a season, he's already back. Yeah, after an, that's unbelievable. I wonder how he's going to sort of return. Like, is he going to be... Like, as good as he has been, like, when you're returning that quick, I don't know. But maybe just, like, he's a bit of a beast, to be fair. Yeah, if you look at the size of him, yeah. So, he just, he just seems like a bit of a warrior, perhaps. Absolutely. Um, Got a couple more as well, just before we go into the dub. Yep. Um, both Adelaide options, uh, Ibasuki and Nestori. Obviously, we, like, we've harped on about Nestori a fair bit. But two, four, two what is it, 224? That's that's a good price, and he looks like yeah. he's starting to try to study hit his stride so far this season. So that's I reckon that's a pretty good pick. And Ibusuki is outperforming his XG at the moment, um, and like I said, with Nestori picking up form, that creates a lot more chances for Ibusuki. And then Falami, would you would you consider Falami over Economides? Yeah, I, I I think that's one there. I'd have to see how victory line up next game. As obviously Economides, I didn't think had played awfully well as the striker. So perhaps Falami is brought in there. He's played as more of a striker in the past. So yeah, I, I think maybe it's sort of seeing even like you mentioned before, Eli Adams, he could potentially earn a spot. So I think it's just ultimately seeing who earns that sort of Fornaroli spot in the team. Whoever it is, because they're all around sort of $150,000, jump straight on them. If they perform well, they're probably going to hold that spot for a solid month or so. Yeah, and they're going to fly up in price. And then by the time Fornaroli's gone, bang, trade them out. Easy money, you know. It's just a simple investment there. But 
yeah, I think that could be another good pick there. But now we'll move along to the dub. And we'll first start in goals. And this season has sort of been led by also Perth Glory being one of the top teams. And Morgan Aquino has been the top goalkeeper this season, 108 points. That's quite a big gap between anyone else in the league. The Lexus Jada Wyman, who's at uh, 85 points. But one interesting one, and I remember making the exact same point. And I don't know what they do in terms of dub pricing, but it's always really strange. In Jordan Silkowitz, who is currently the fourth top scoring player in the league. And I remember when I think it was yeah, round five or so, she was also one of the top scoring players and was around $150,000. I'm like, what's going on here? Still no change. I don't know what the hell's going on there. So $150,000 for the starting goalkeeper for Brisbane Raw. Um, that's consistently been high scoring. Like it's a no brainer. Obviously, there's some a couple other good picks there. Lucian Prul, I think that was a pick. I think especially Cody made. Of I'm very happy he made that. I've sort of jumped on her bandwagon there. But is there any other goalkeepers you guys are potentially keeping an eye on or looking at at the moment? I've got I've got Jada Wyman in mind just because I know that Sydney at least have one game that they need to catch up on from their time in Asia. Yep. So I think that that's potential for more points. And obviously Sydney's one of the top teams in the comp. So I think that that's still an option. But like you said, Silkowitz, if you want to, you know, splurge on your midfielders or attackers, if 150K, you can't go wrong. Yeah, I was also thinking Olivia Williams for Melbourne Victory. Um, she's only 237000 and somehow she's lost $100,000 in price, even though she's in a really strong Melbourne victory side. Um, I think she's definitely one to pick up if you want to, like you said, spoil Johnson midfielders. Yeah, I think that's another one there in terms of victory. Maybe not being the best sort of as recent weeks, but, you know, ultimately, yeah, you, know, you expect them to pick up in price and, yeah, you know, ultimately, yeah, she'll sort of follow suit. You know, she's a... Unbelievable goalkeeper, listening to Lily Williams. So, for just that price, yeah, I think that's a really good pick. I personally, yeah, sort of have Pool and um, Silkowitz as mine too, which I, I, I think from now on, that's going to be my thing in terms of instead of just doubling up on the same team, I'm just going to go for two goalkeepers that hopefully will start as simply it's, it's just much better. So, I guess we'll move on to the uh, defense now and leading the pack has been a team that's been a bit of a surprise package recently in or Vicky Bruce with the Western City Wanderers as obviously heading to the season, it seemed like a little bit of a shambles of what was going on in the coaching situation. However, it's been really turned around. They've been in unbelievable form. They look like they could potentially even sort of push for a final spot at the moment, which has been unbelievable. So she's been really good. And Kirsty Fenton, you know, she's only played eight games, you know, which is a couple others and all those around her. However, she's still the second top scoring player there and one of the top scoring players in the whole game. So that's one there. I had her early on, however, dropped her out due to obviously uh, Sydney playing in the Asian Cup. But yeah, I think she's one there I could potentially jump back on, especially as Dom mentioned, they're going to ultimately have to catch up on a game. So you could potentially have a double game week there. But yeah, what are you guys sort of looking at here in the sort of defensive situation? Well, the defense for me, uh, I've had Jenna McCormick since round one, I think, and she's she's done pretty well. Like she, obviously, Brisbane's form has been off and on, but like she's an attacking option, especially on um, corners. She's she's you know pretty tall for someone in the league. And then I've just transferred in Taryn King. I think Mariners are starting to kind of hit their stride finally in the league, and you know. Picking up points left, right, and center. She's averaging seven points a seven points around and picked up fourteen last week. And then uh, Rebecca Stott and 
Michaela Foster. Uh, uh, they've been the two for me that have just kind of carried my defence. For me, I want to give a shout out to Jordan Thompson from Sydney FC. Uh, yeah. Just a young young player who has only played the last, her last two games of the season, but in both those, she's averaging about 16 points over the last two games she's played. So I think another potential one to take a punt on is her. Yeah, I think that's um, a key point we sort of highlighted going into the season in terms of there were three, I think, expensive Sydney defenders, and then there were essentially one that was sort of, you know, cheap one. Who was going to be that one? Um, ultimately, it was Tori Tumef, which you know, I think me and Cody can take a lot of props there as we sort of, I, th- I think we said she was the pick of the season. And yeah, she's been pretty good. She jumped up 100,000 points, been one of the, the seventh top scoring defender there. But Jordan Thompson could be that, yes, yeah, that one there. Obviously, she's been stepping in into the defense. But yeah, I think there's a couple of others I liked. And it was sort of on Brisbane Raw, like um, you had Jenna McCormack and your team, Dom, and even another one there, Leah Scarpelli. She's $151,000, but consistently been starting for um for Brisbane. So yeah, this actually, yeah, with Silkowitz, Silkowitz is only $150,000. McCormick's only $80,000. Scarpelli's $150,000. I don't know what's going on there. Obviously, they haven't been great, but... Like that's, I think that could be a real, yeah, good team to sort of jump on there, perhaps. They just don't rate Brisbane, apparently. Yeah, they've just maybe have a bit of an underlying hatred for Brisbane. I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, I guess we'll sort of move along now through the midfield and leading the pack has been someone that's sort of really taken the headlines this season. Someone that I famously could not pronounce for the life of me the start of the season. However, I've not nailed it, but you know, Vesna Milivojevic. What a player, simply enough. She's led the pack 145 points this season. Unbelievable player. Sort of a part of a camera side that's obviously bottom of the pack. However, they are a free-flowing squad that's going to grab you goals. Bottom of the pack, but 20 goals. They are, what is that, second top-scoring team in the league as the bottom team. That just shows sort of the vibes that's going on in, in uh, Canberra over there. But even another one there that's sort of really jumped up in uh, the recent weeks, and that's you know, largely thankfully to last week, Daniela Galich. Unbelievable. 49 points. You know how crazy that is? It's unbelievable. Now, I, I want to give my props to Cody Ajada, who has tipped Daniela Gullish to win a Ballon d'Or. That's how much he rates her. And absolutely, yeah, she, she didn't necessarily have a poor start season, but it was a little bit slow. But I think she really showed what she could do. So do you guys, I think, honestly, just probably highlight those two key players there. I think they've been two of the better players in the league this season in Vesna and Daniela Gullish. Um, Do you guys jump on any of those? Because for $400,000, actually, they're pretty cheap. I, I've had Milivojevic as my captain since round one, so I'm pretty happy with that. You've been loving life, um, simply. Abs- absolutely. Don't listen to Cody too much, but um, <laughs> nah. yeah, his Galich pick was, uh, that's just proven to be phenomenal. And then Fong Song Cam, I think I yeah. pronounced that right. Um, I've had her in the start of my team since early on, and she's been really good. And then Flannery, 228. And I, I thought she was a bit of a steal. If I'm not going to be wrong, yeah, she's yeah averaging seven point one points a game. That's yeah. a very yeah very solid for yeah someone's pretty cheap to be fair. I, th- I think there's a lot of bargains in that sort of ca- uh, I nearly said it again, Canberra team. <laughs> uh, but what about you, Caden? Well, yeah, first off, Danny Gallich, I've been watching her for a long time now. She's such a great player, and Cody's shout about Ballon d'Or. Honestly, she's probably not a terrible shout. She's got a massive potential. 
And she's only just turned 17 fairly recently as well. So she's got a bright future ahead of her. So definitely for all your fantasy needs, pick her. Um, another one I was thinking about is Serena Bolden, who mm. is another great player. We saw her do well at the World Cup for the for the Philippines. Um, and she was unsigned going into the season and picked up mid-season. And... Yeah, she's been scoring for fun, so she's a great, great player to go with. Yeah, and interestingly, she's also listed as a midfielder, which definitely helps in terms of fantasy. You know, you can get those extra points, even though she doesn't really play as a midfielder. Mm. Um, but one I want to highlight, uh, Dom, was your pick in Fonson Cam, who's been one of the top scorers um, and jumped up all the way to $320,000 at a point, but she's flown all the way down to $165,000. Like, that is... What a bargain. Like, she's gone down somehow on her original price. So that's one there. I'm actually thinking of you know, jumping on her sort of you know, very soon because, yeah, I, th- I think she's a consistent starter. And I want to highlight a couple other Perth players. As I've noticed here there's a bit of a trend in the Perth midfield in terms of really cheap bargains. In Grace Jarlet, $195,000. What the hell? Like, how, is, how has that happened? And then even Hannah Lowry, uh, $216,000. There's quite a lot of yes, bargains, especially in one of the top best teams in the league this season in Perth Glory. So I think, yeah, there there's a lot of really good picks there you could make. But uh, do you guys have any other sort of final, maybe little bargains, sort of cheap picks, or even, you know, someone in the mid-range? Um, one I'm thinking of is Caitlin Torpy for Melbourne City. Another, she's more of like a wing back, but she's listed as a midfielder, but she's often one who provides a good bit of creativity for Melbourne City. Uh, Holly Caspers for me. She's a part of our Western Sydney time side that's really like obviously there was that turmoil like you mentioned, Jake, at the start, but they're they're starting to find their feet and she's 306k. She's already risen 150k and I think there's potential just to even go even higher. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it could be a very good idea to sort of jump on this sort of Western Sydney bandwagon or hype train as it's sort of you know sort of starting to take off now as yeah who knows how far they can go they're, they're flying at the moment but now we'll move on to the four line which is again led by another um uh western sydney player in sophia harding um she's been yeah the top scorer i think tied top scorer at the league at the moment with vesna um with eight goals and yeah she's been the top scorer here 125 points for her she's been you know if you've jumped on that there that's a very good pick she's gone up over 170,000 uh, points but another one there has been millie farrow she's been quite a good pick she jumped up quite a bit i currently have her in my team michelle Heyman, such a consistent goal scorer i think you know she's a very safe pick there and even mia corbin that's one cody has sort of picked up on early doors but yeah who do you guys sort of have rocking at the moment and sort of yeah who are you potentially looking to sort of jump in you know these sort of big hitters in your team well i just wanted to make a note on michelle Heyman. she's yep. on 99 a women's goals at the moment so she'll be gunning for that 100th goal and this upcoming round at Unite round, she's playing against Adelaide, who just copped six goals from Melbourne City. So a bit of a shaky defence there. So I think she could be one to maybe look at, because I reckon this weekend, I reckon she's going to grab a few goals. So that's one. And then for me, another one is another Melbourne City player, Rihanna Polisina, mm. who's she's more of a 10 than a out-and-out forward, but she's... Really good. She's a really good player to watch. She's really creative. She offers up a lot of chances for Melbourne City. She creates a lot of their chances, and she plays every week. So 
her price has dropped a hundred thousand this season, so she's under three hundred k. But I think she's definitely worth the money if you can take a bit of a punt on her. Uh, I've had me Corbin in since I think it was round three. Uh, it was after their first um, game, home game up in Brisbane, and I saw her and I was like, she's going to score me heaps of points, so I'll get her in. Holly McNamara is also still owned by eight percent, which is. Um, <laughs> ridiculous hopefully they're all inactive players um but when she got injured i jumped straight on to hannah wilkinson so i thought uh, i think that was a pretty good pick and she's half the price of holly mcnamara so bit of a steal there and then i've just i've just transferred in Chan fryer from mm. brisbane as well she's been really good and brisbane are looking more attacking as the season's going on so i think she's one that could start to pick up even more points and go up even higher in value yeah, and I think following with that, we sort of had a lot of, you know, sort of most expensive players in the season, and one that's potentially been a little bit disappointing along with Western United, you know, in a way as a whole, um, especially attackingly, has been Hannah Keane, who, yeah, started the season, you know, in 500,000. I think she was the, I believe she was the most expensive player in the whole game. Um, yeah, she's gone all the way down to 354,000, which, yeah, maybe a little bit disappointing if you had her, but I really want to highlight a couple players in especially Princess Abini who is currently $184,000. That is very cheap. Obviously, she's the guy that grabbed a goal assist this season, which has been a little disappointing. But again, obviously, Sydney, sort of with that Asian Cup, has you know potentially halted their season, or at least mid-season. But, you know, we expect them to sort of jump up this season and, you know, she'll probably be one of the you know, main players for them in attack. So $184,000 looks very good. Another one for Adelaide is Alana Jansevsky. She's been a pretty consistent player for them, starting week in, week out, $185,000. I think that could also be a really good sort of cheaper pick there so yeah i i, I think it's yeah, it's a really good situation you sort of have in this attacking line you can probably have one or two sort of main you know players there sophia harding farrow Heyman, etc corbin and then you can sort of have yeah a couple of those mid uh, mid-range players you know like a beanie one hundred eighty-four thousand dollars. i feel like that's like I, I, that's the one that i'm definitely going to jump on because i don't know how she's that cheap but yeah i think there's a lot of really good picks there do you guys have sort of any other final picks maybe perhaps like a real good bargain or just to just jump on the Abini one, yeah. Courtney Vine's still owned by 37%. <laughs> so, and, and she's, she's, not, she's still coming back from that injury, so she's not 100% fit. I, if you transfer out Vine for Abini, who's pretty much guaranteed to pretty much start at the moment, uh, you're laughing because that's like a hundred and so extra thousand dollars that you can chuck on another player. Pretty unbelievable that the most owned player in the whole game right now is injured. That's kind of yeah, a bit a bit of a what the hell's going on here, guys? Like like are we actually playing or what? Like this is making me feel a little bit less good about how well I'm doing in terms of the whole the whole fantasy right now. Cause I'm like, okay, well, if this is my competition, you know, it's not necessarily the hardest. You're just gonna pick players that are actually playing uh football games. But yeah, so I guess that sort of wraps up at least sort of this part and we'll sort of now move along to a little bit of a shout out. I, I decided we're, you know, nearly halfway through the season. So let's have a look at some of the top scoring players in our leagues. And I'm honestly proud in a way because we have a lot of really, really good players. Like, yes, I'm not doing the best, but you know what? We have some of the best scoring players. And first we'll move along to the, the men's league at least. And kind of leading the line is Silvo Squad. Sam, I don't, I don't know his name, but he's... Currently leading this line, I think 1,300 points at the moment. He's 15th in the whole game, so pretty damn good, to be fair. I'm, I'm kind of proud to have someone this good at the game uh, in my league. And then we have Kalmu, 
that's a that's an interesting name. Caleb, he's uh he's done pretty well there. And we have a final player in that sort of one thousand three hundred range for score. Give us Craig. Don't know don't know their actual name, but shout out to you guys. And and I thought you know what? maybe yeah, if one of you guys want to sort of reach out potentially jump on a podcast who knows you know like we can have you on because an interesting thing is both cow moo and silver squad are not only in the top three for the men's but also the women's and this is the point i was going to make sort of earlier on in terms of some people are just really good at this game i don't know how they able to do that well in both but it's unbelievable so leading the line here is uh, so at least someone new uh, I like this name. Half fantasy team go brr. Um, he's he's or Josh um, is doing very well. Fourth in the entire game. So you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, maybe I should claim this because maybe they're listeners and they're like, all right, I'm going for your picks, Jake, and that's why they're doing it. I'm just going to say that that's probably not true, but yeah. But then yeah, Cowboo and Silver Squad, they're yeah second and third in this league. So yeah, if 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 I mention you, or you know, if you're one of the top scorers in our, in our leagues, hit me up. You know, I'd you know potentially like to have you guys on. You know, chat, sort of pick your brains, sort of understand why you're so good at fantasy. What can I learn from you? As you know, I'm obviously the host of this, but I'm far from an expert, as we've sort of seen in sort of how I've gone this season. But uh, yeah, so do you guys have maybe any final pointers or heads up or sort of tips, sort of maybe heading into the next well, couple of weeks or the rest of the season? I've gone with the money ball tactic of buy low, sell high. Genius. <laughs> Absolute genius. Yeah, I think that's always a good tactic because it gives you a bit of flexibility later in the season whenever you potentially could get hit by a bit of an injury crisis. So buying low and selling high could open up a bit of options for you to pivot your squad. Absolutely. And I think it's also just very nice seeing greens in your squad in terms of people jumping up a value rather than going down. As when you see people go down, you're like, what am I doing wrong here? So definitely agree with you guys. But yeah, so I hope you guys sort of enjoyed this episode. Please keep an eye on sort of front page football. You know, the next coming weeks, we're going to hopefully do some really interesting, cool stuff around Unite Round. Keep an eye on that on all socials, Instagram, even TikTok, perhaps, who knows, uh, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Um, and also, especially, yeah, shout out to you guys. Follow them, Caden Foley. I think you're on all socials. Dom Bulls chat. So, yeah, check them out. They're making great content uh, around the game, which I think ultimately is what we want to see. We want to see more of that. So, yeah, shout out to you guys for the stuff you're doing and thank you for coming on. Do you guys have any final things to say to the audience before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, should we give a quick shout out to Kobe Ojeda, who's for uh, for FPF staff, he's dominating in both of our leagues at the moment. Yes. Women. I can give him a shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's currently fourth in the, uh, at least in the women's, which is, yeah, very impressive. I think he's, yeah, yeah. What well, I think he was 13th 20. in the men. 13th in the men. So yeah, he's jumped up a bit. He's definitely dominating us, uh, us FPF guys at the moment. But he's especially annoying me because I, I don't even know if he plays because I remember last time he was telling me about how he doesn't even play. He just sets his team up and just forgets about it. Do you know how angry, like, aggravating <laughs> that is? When it's like they don't even have to do anything and they're beating you. It's unbelievable. But yeah, so thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for next episode.